This program is made possible by the members and donors of the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Progressive, Citizen Radio, The Majority Report, The Young Turks, Comedian Lee Camp, The Tom Hartman Program, and Activism from the Unfuck It Up Project. And my one comment about Edward Snowden is that it's hard to imagine anyone being in Hawaii for a week, much less living there, and staying as pasty white as he appears to be. Just saying. Now we're seeing real courage in journalism and in public life. I'm talking, of course, about Glenn Greenwald of The Guardian and Edward Snowden, the whistleblower. They both, at considerable risk to their own freedom, have done everything in their power to defend our freedoms as Americans. By exposing the vast NSA spying operation that the Obama administration has been running, both Greenwald and especially Snowden may face prosecution. And Snowden, rather than remain anonymous, has chosen to come forward as the source of Greenwald's expose, saying with great fortitude, I've no intention of hiding who I am because I know I've done nothing wrong. He has no illusions about being safe either. I understand he said that I'll be made to suffer for my actions, and he reportedly is now in hiding somewhere in Hong Kong. As with Bradley Manning, Snowden's critics say he's helping America's enemies, but he's doing no such thing. My sole motive, he said, is to inform the public as to that which is done in their name and that which is done against them. Glenn Greenwald deserves a Pulitzer Prize for this scoop, and Edward Snowden deserves all of our thanks. He's an American hero. I'm Matt Rothschild, and that's how I see it. I'm sure everybody knows like where we citizen radio fall on this. Hang him. <laughs> Obviously we think, you know, he's a he's a hero. He did a really courageous thing. Well, I mean it was it was fucking nuts. Exactly what we said on the show yesterday was the reason we were we assumed he wouldn't come out is because we were like, okay, so number 1, how brave do you have to be to blow the whistle on something this big? Pretty fucking brave, right? Number 2, how much braver do you have to be right. to come out with this information under the Obama administration who has declared a war, yeah. a literal war on whistleblowers? Well, I think Greenwald really cut to the heart of the matter when he tweeted, um, courage is contagious. And I love that because, you know, I kept talking about how amazing it is whenever a whistleblower still comes forward because the government's made clear their intention to, like, hunt them to the ends of the earth. So a little part of you always wonders, like, why do they keep doing it? But I do think that's part of it, that courage is contagious. When you see somebody like Bradley Manning come forward, there, you know, there is someone out there watching that who maybe that's the tipping point for them, where they're like, I have to do something. Well, especially, like, this guy had nothing to gain. He had a sweet life. He had a wife. He lived in Hawaii. Girlfriend, girlfriend. A girlfriend. He lived in Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii for the mainlanders. And my mom's Hawaiian, sorry. And, um. Really? I, I'll, I'll make it even worse. For the Howleys. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and he still 
fucking did this. And, you know, one of the reasons that he did this, I forget if he said this in the interview or if I read this afterwards, was that he wanted to inspire others to yeah, do it. Yeah, and, and I love that idea that when you step forward, it might feel like you're really alone. And ultimately, you know, you do p- pay the price alone, but that you are sort of, you know, contributing, contributing, contributing to a, like a, a pool of courage and, and people, you know, find hope in that. If somebody's out there who has like a high security clearance, like, Snowden did, um, maybe that will inspire future whistleblowers. And they see, you know, I mean, Bradley Manning, it's just like, you know, ah, shit, he's not doing well. Um, But if you look at the support that Bradley Manning has and the support that Snowden has, I mean, that shit is inspiring. It's really inspiring. Yeah, and, you know, now... um, the spin has begun where oh, and we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit what happened on CNN but now, this was just a random time of the day that we tuned into CNN i'm sure it's been happening on other shows you know yeah like people have started to speculate about you know his mental stability um and we'll get into CNN in a little bit but even in like so-called liberal circles uh people have started to say stuff like does he even count as a whistleblower? Because technically what he revealed, what the NSA is doing, has been legalized. Now, that's really interesting because what happens when otherwise illegal behavior is legalized by the United States? And then someone like Edward Snowden steps forward and reveals it. Well, lawmakers say you're not a whistleblower because we're not technically breaking the law. And that's really interesting because it's like, well, right, but the average U.S. citizen still has no idea what's going on. So, it's sort so of, for a citizen, you are whistleblowing. Well, yeah, and it's also like, all right, so pick. Either he has put us all in danger, and the terrorists now know our battle plans, and he is one of the dangerous, the most dangerous man alive, or, oh, he's just saying shit we already knew. Yeah, and they want to have it both ways, and they did this with WikiLeaks, too, where they're like, you endangered U.S. lives and also revealed nothing. Right. And it was like, well, dude, it has to be one or the other. Right. We either revealed state secrets that are so sensitive that people are going to fucking die, yeah. or we're useless, we're a joke, right. nobody cares about us. You can't send us to, like, jail to die because we didn't do anything of value, you yeah. know, like, or of consequence. Yeah, I mean, um, apparently the, uh, a court did rule on the legality of this. But the Obama administration has not revealed, like, the verdict? Yeah, well, that's another thing. It's like, if you can manipulate the system to either work on your behalf or keep everything secret, then it also doesn't count as being, like, morally correct, you know? You've rigged the system to to win every time for you. And every time the average U.S. citizen loses. Yeah. Uh, because you spy on us, because you can detain us without trial. And this might all be on, like, quote-unquote legal. Right. Uh, but is it legal if you appoint the judges and, like, right. you, you know? So the – I still find it so funny that Barack Obama couldn't even pass a watered-down background check gun control bill because of the Second Amendment. And the Fourth Amendment, I saw someone point out on Twitter, we have just completely axed. Yeah. Fuck it. We, you know, there's a, I don't like at the end of the constitution when it like rolls up, like, can we like cut some stuff forth, cut it just for the sake of neatness. Right. Um, and it's really interesting that 
and you were alluding to this before, it's not being framed as the government versus American citizens, which is what it is. It's the government has invaded our privacy, um, and that's what it is. Um, they're violating, they're violating our rights. It's being framed as Eric Snowden yes. versus and, America, and not even the government. A, America. That's what our stupid establishment media does. They turn it into like a personality contest where all of a sudden we're debating, is Edward Snowden stable? Did he have something going on on the side? Is he like employed by the, the Chinese government? He's a Ron Paul supporter, which by the way, we almost didn't even cover the story. Or on the out. flip side, is he a hero? And we end up talking about this one man instead of the NSA spying on millions of Americans. Right. So even like the best case situation, situation where they bring on someone like Glenn Greenwald to debate. It is still framed. Just about this one guy. Well, just about this one guy, but also is he, does he hate America? Glenn Greenwald's here to try to overcome that terrible setup we just gave it. Yeah, exactly. When you're an average viewer and you hear, does this guy hate America? He's hiding in China. It doesn't matter what the fuck Glenn says. CNN is already painted the picture. Yeah, and and they did this with Bradley Manning, they did it with Julian Assange. It becomes like it's like Barbara Walters profiling the most fascinating people of the year, you know? Yeah. It's just focusing on like their their flaws, their, you know, attributes, and we're not talking about bigger issues like war crimes. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about NSA spying on millions of Americans. The big issues that we're, we're supposed to be talking about and the media should be talking about they, it's too complex, it's too scary and big, so they just end up focusing on a very, very small detail. Wake up, your time is nearly over. No more the supernova. This program can only do what it does because of the members who support the show for as little as $5 a month. And as thanks for the support, members now get access to bonus content, including additional voicemails and clips that didn't fit in the big show, and additional stories and discussion topics for me. Plus, I've organized a full archive of the show, including a curated selection of my favorite past episodes, as well as a collection of my absolute favorite radio clips from all sorts of places. All that now available only to members. If you're already a member and want access to all this great content, draw me an email at j at bestoftheleft.com so I can get you set up. And if you're not yet a member, you can sign up now at the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. You know, I've been working through this stuff. We don't know nearly as much as we're going to know in the future about Edward Snowden. Um, and there are some issues that I find are more relevant than others. I'm not um, really terribly interested at this point in saying uh, the man is a hero. I certainly don't think that he is a traitor. Um, and it's quite clear to me that what his actions, at least, were heroic in the sense that he... Um, has knowingly opened up a, um, a, a a huge can of trouble for himself and um, seems to have done so with the best of intentions. And I think that's admirable. I mean, there is a, a lot about the guy that we don't know. What is, I think, more enlightening at this stage about uh, Snowden 
is what he has exposed just in terms of how much private industry is part of this national security state. Billions upon billions of dollars and a huge profit motive to increase the size of the national security state. And this is always a problem for those of you who love the free market. Uh, you must obviously, in the idea that money incentivizes growth and entrepreneurship and private uh, enterprise, uh, this is a real problem. And it was something that was started under the Clinton administration in uh, attempting to shrink the size of government. Of course, it's not shrinking in, in the size of government, at least in this regard, has shrunk relative to the size of the apparatus. Nearly half of this national security apparatus has now been privatized, where there is an ongoing incentive to, in, to enlarge this apparatus. An incredibly powerful incentive where our tax dollars go to increasing this private uh, industry. And they, in turn, lobby and, who knows, kick back in the form of, I mean, look at the, the current head of Booz Allen was a former uh, chief national security um, official under the Bush administration. The uh, current head of uh, the National Intelligence was a former Booz Allen uh, employee. And so we have created a, a monster. And by outsourcing this, uh, we have added a layer of expense and we have created, again, this self-licking ice cream cone where the supposed need for all this secrecy is created by those who are making a lot of money out of arguing uh, the need for secrecy and building the apparatus. Now, again, I'm not terribly interested in making Snowden the story, and I think that is a secondary story. And as much as he was uh, not interested in making him the story, he certainly became the story in doing this extended interview and exposing himself in the way that he did. Um, and it's relevant because, I mean, one has to keep in mind this, okay? What we know from the timeline at this point, and again, you know, I don't want to get too mired in this, but um, it's, it's relevant as to the... I'm not convinced that we really have a good sense of what, of, 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 of why we know what we know at this point and um, how we came to know what we know at this point. And uh, this is relevant because whenever you start to see leaks like this, whenever you see this information and you 
there's always stories that we may never know about it. Now, this does not in any way implicate the, the, the essence of what we know from Snowden at this point. The government has not in any way, um, as far as I have read, denied any of the validity of the information that has been passed on at this point from Snowden. No one is denying that PRISM exists. No one is denying that Blarney or Boundless uh, Informant exists. No one is denying that the FISA court now, instead of signing off on specific warrants in specific instances, now has assumed the authority to sign off on large programs without scrutinizing what those what is individually sought in those programs and that clearly goes beyond what at the very least was public knowledge about these programs and that's what's important here is that there has been an increase and we we saw it with the um Signature strikes and the targeted assassination program. I imagine this is indicative of a lot that's going on in this area of our government, which is there are bodies of secret law which are authorizing these programs. In other words, our representatives have voted upon certain laws, and then those laws go into a black box. It's like those uh, math problems when you were a kid, right? The number five goes into function and comes out the other end as the number three. And then you must deduce what's happening in that function, that black box. In this case, it was minus three. If you get another problem that said the number 15 and the number that comes out the other side is 12, now we know it's minus three. This is the same dynamic that's going on here and on an unprecedented level. The law is passed. It goes into this black box. It is interpreted by the DOJ. It is interpreted by the FISA court. And it comes out the other end and authorizes all sorts of things that are have not been adjudicated publicly and this is what the heart of what Wyden and Udall were screaming about for the past couple of years the american public does not understand how these laws are being interpreted and then how they're being executed and that has become the the biggest revelation I think of, of these that we have seen so far from Snowden is that we now have a sense of how they're interpreting in them and what what comes out the other side. How long, how long will I slide or separate myself? I don't. Sliding 
Edward Snowden comes out and says, I'm the leaker, and he reveals this NSA program where they're spying in on all Americans when it comes to their phone com uh, company records and spying in on a tremendous number of Americans when it comes to their Internet usage and their specific content. So uh, how are the, the pundits, the government officials, et cetera, going to react to this? With great fury. So first we start with Colonel Ralph Peters. Makes me sick to call this guy Colonel every time. He is a so-called Fox News analyst, and he's got some interesting ideas on what should happen to Snowden. Show me one American, one law-abiding American citizen who has hurt, been hurt by any of these NSA programs. None. None, exactly. They're keeping us safe. You know, if the intel community backs off and doesn't do this stuff and there's a terrorist attack, then it's intelligence failure. If they do this stuff, well, it's Big Brother snooping. And then, now you've got this 29-year-old high school dropout whistleblower making foreign policy for our country, our security policy. And the guy, look, I think it's sad, Brian, we've made treason cool. Betraying your country is kind of a fashion statement. He wants to be the national security Kim Kardashian. He cites Bradley Manning as a hero. I mean, we need to get very, very serious about treason. And oh, by the way, for right. treason, as in the case of Bradley Manning or Edward Snowden, you bring back the death penalty. He could be defecting to Iceland or China. Best of luck. Uh, Colonel yeah, good P luck to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. If you dare say what the government is doing in a democracy and you let the American people in on what their government is doing in their name, treason, execution. You've already got Fox News calling for his execution. And, uh, has anybody been harmed by the spying? <laughs> Immediately. Oh, no, no, no. What's your information on that? How do you know no one's been harmed by the spying? Oh, it's Fox News. You don't need it's a fact-free zone. Oh, no, of course nobody's been harmed. But let's ex execute the guy. Execute him. Treason and Bradley Manning execute him while you're at it, too. Never ever doubt your government. Shut up and bow your head to your government. I guess the authoritarians at Fox News love that, even ironically when it's the Obama government. This is the one thing that Fox News and their so-called analysts are willing to bow their head to Obama on? Fascinating. That's how much they love authoritarian government. Now we go to Robert Baer. He's a former CIA case officer. It's not just his opinion. Listen to what he says about his buddies in Washington. Oh, I think almost inevitably they'll charge him. He uh, revealed SIGINT, Signals Intelligence, top secret. Uh, the government's obligated to go after him, um, bring charges against him. I just don't see any way out of it. You know, he, he, whether you agree with him or not, he's violated the law. They cannot let this pass. No, no, we cannot let this pass. We must target him. Well, tell me more, Bob. Well, here's the problem is that Hong Kong is, is controlled by Chinese intelligence. It's, it's not an independent part of China at all. Um, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people in Washington today in, in official positions, and they're looking at this as a potential Chinese espionage case. And I'm not saying this because I disagree or agree with it. You know, PRISM is necessarily a good thing or this whole program. It's simply that it was unwise of him to go to Hong Kong to do this. On the face of it, it looks like it's under some sort of Chinese control, especially with the president meeting the premier today. You have to ask what's going on. I mean, China is not a friendly country. 
and every aspect of that country is controlled. So why Hong Kong? Why didn't he go to Sweden? Or if he really wanted to make a statement, he should have done it on Capitol Hill. Oh, I love CNN. They're just the official state arm, uh, uh, media arm of the government. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democratic government. Here they have their expert on, and he's like, I talked to Washington government officials, and it turns out they hate people who give information about Washington government officials. Wow, you don't say. Now, is he questioned on that? Is he criticized on that? No, it's just put out on Fox News as, well, oh, man, uh, people in Washington saying he might be uh, doing Chinese espionage. And, of course, here comes a character assassination. He's not an American hero. He's not a whistleblower. Forget whether you think he's an hero or not. He's not a whistleblower giving interesting information, as Daniel Ellsberg did with the Pentagon Papers, back when we had actually a free press and not state-run uh, outlets like CNN, say, oh, yes, our government officials very angry. And they'd like to assassinate his character right here on CNN, so they're calling him a Chinese spy. What, really? Did he give the Chinese any information? If he did, where's your uh, data on that? Where's your facts on that? Did he give uh, any of our agents names in China, which would have been incredibly valuable to the Chinese? No, you don't have anything like that. All you have is a guy who comes on and says, oh, the government officials are very upset with him, and couches it as if like he's a neutral arbiter. Oh, I, I don't know. Might be a Chinese spy. Why didn't he go to Sweden? Well, maybe the same reason Julian Assange isn't going to Sweden, because Sweden would turn Assange over to the U.S. government, as they've done before in other cases. They extradite all the time. So why would he go to Sweden, the one place where he's actually very likely to be extradited? Why didn't he just give himself into us? Why didn't he go to Capitol Hill so we can arrest him and give him a life sentence like we're trying to give them badly Manning? Why didn't he do that? He must be guilty. He must be a Chinese spy. Well, Bob Baer, great analyst on CNN, tell me more. We'll never get him from China. It's, there's not a chance. I mean, he'll, he'll disappear there. He won't be able to go anywhere else. But he, if in fact the Chinese had a hand in this, and I just can't believe it, a TV interview was done there in Hong Kong without some sort of knowledge of the Chinese, they're not about to, to send him to the United States. And the CIA is not going to render him, as he said in the tape. It's not going to try to grab him there. It's just not going to happen. You know, it it's almost seems to me that this was a pointed affront to the United States. Mm. On the day the president is meeting the Chinese leader, telling us, listen, quit complaining about espionage and getting on the Internet and, you know, our hacking. You are doing the same thing. I, I can see the Chinese doing that. Yeah, wrong again, Bob. Story out today from the New York Times. Quote, he is very likely to be extradited. So what happened? Oh, the Chinese will never turn him over. Probably Chinese spy. How many times in that short little clip did he intimate that he was a Chinese spy? With absolutely no facts to back it up. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. The establishment, of course, hates it. When you go against the establishment, they sell, send uh, people like Bob Bear out on CNN to go, Oh, yeah, bad guy. Oh, you should fear him. He's very dangerous. Oh, yeah, you should always trust your government. And never the people who tell you the actual information, which none of which you deny, by the way, real facts about your government. But Bob Bear's not the only one. I'm very disappointed in Jeffrey Tubin, that paints himself as a legal expert. But you know what? He's on CNN, too. So I don't know why I'm surprised. Uh, he uh, wrote a whole piece in The New Yorker about how Snowden is a dangerous guy. He's not a hero. He's a villain. He says, quote, what wonders did Snowden think the NSA did? Perhaps he thought the NSA operated only outside the United States. In that case, he hadn't been paying very close attention. Now, why does he say that? Oh, come on, Snowden. We all knew the NSA was spying on us. Well, this is nothing new. 
Same thing they said about Bradley Manning as they were trying to give him a life sentence. Same thing they, were saying about, they said about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, while at the same time saying he's the most dangerous guy there is. Right? They say, oh, no new information on WikiLeaks. Look away! Look away! Look away! Don't look at what the government's doing! Jeffrey Dupin's got to cover their ass! Right? So, oh, you didn't know the NSA was spying in on all Americans? <laughs> Come on. Well, then, Jeff, if you knew it, why didn't you report it on CNN? Because that's not what you do. You kiss the government's ass on CNN. That's what you do. And then how did he characterize Manning and uh, Snowden? He said that they were doing, quote, wholesale reckless dumping of classified information by the likes of Snowden or Bradley Manning. Wholesale reckless dumping. Now, in the old days when we had the Pentagon Papers, that was, oh, thank God somebody told us what our government was actually up to. Now when somebody tells us what the government's actually up to, oh, wholesale and reckless, how dare you tell the American people what the government's up to, besides which we already knew it. Go away. I hate you, you're a villain, plus you're irrelevant. Well, which one is it, Jeff? Okay, now that's not enough. they got to bring on Mukasey on national television. He's the former attorney general for Bush who authorized some of these programs. Shockingly enough, Turns out he's in favor of the NSA programs and also thinks Snowden is very dangerous. Attorney General, would you go after him? In a New York minute. Why? Because he has broken the law. Um, he's broken faith with his countrymen. He's broken faith with our political system. But he, we, is, but he did it in, the, in, the re, in respect for liberty and freedom, he says. Yep. So did the, the Rosenbergs turned over secrets to um, the Russians because they thought it served the interests of liberty and freedom in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. There are very few people who have betrayed their country who have done so not claiming intelligent and, and highly moral motives. In a New York minute, I'd crush him. Really, the guy who authorized the program would crush the guy who revealed the program. Wow, thank you for breaking news, Fox. One more from Mukasey. To the scope of the new NSA program, uh, did, did it change the way you feel about the need for it? No. The scope is one thing, meaning how broad something is. And I'm not going to comment and endorse the accuracy of what you just said about what the scope is. But even assuming that it is what you just said it is, no, it doesn't alarm me at all. If the government is filtering a bazillion blips of information and has technology available that'll pick out the two or three that are that are relevant the fact that my blip happens to be one of the bazillion that they're filtering doesn't bother me at all no no it shouldn't bother any of you just accept it i could be monitored and i'm the one doing the monitoring so that would be unusual <laughs> under the bush era that's the attorney general uh, or it could be you. It's more likely to be you. But don't be bothered by it. If you're not guilty, then you got nothing to worry about. Isn't that what every totalitarian government says? And then finally, this is my favorite, because you got Mike Rogers, who's a Republican in the House, and then you got Feinstein, who's a Democrat in the Senate. Uh, we've got bipartisan agreement that the government rocks, and anyone who tells you what the government's actually up to is terrible. I absolutely believe that uh, someone did not have uh, authorization to release this information. And why that's so important, George, uh, is because they didn't have all of the information. I know your reporter that you interviewed, Greenwald, says that he's got it all and now is an expert on the program. He doesn't have a clue how this thing works. Neither did the person who released just enough information to literally be dangerous. It, I argue that there's other methods he could come to the committees if they had concern. We have IGs that they can go to in a classified way if they have concern. 
taking a very sensitive classified program that targets foreign persons on foreign lands uh, and putting just enough out there to be uh, dangerous is dangerous to us. It's dangerous to our national security, and it violates the oath of which that person took. Senator. I absolutely think they should be prosecuted. You too, Senator Feinstein? I do. I do. Dangerous, 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 dangerous. So dangerous what this guy did, letting us know what our government's up to. Wait, 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 Mike Rogers, you are the government. So if he got it all wrong, why don't you tell us what's right? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You might have mistaken this for a democracy. No, we do everything in secret. And you have to trust us. Everything we do is terrific. You'd be shocked at how wonderful it is if you just knew the truth. Great, why don't you tell me the truth? Not going to do it. If anybody does tell you the truth, it is very dangerous. listen to best of the left podcast so you know how important it is to have true progressive independent non-corporate media my show the david pakman show needs your support today to take the next step in building something big without big corporate support find out what we're doing by going to igg.me slash at slash tdps or just go to davidpakman.com and click on the blue indiegogo banner at the top of the page this is hugely exciting but we need your help. Inside the lines, gotta catch in paper this is your moment of clarity from LeeCamp.net. The Bradley Manning trial is now underway because he let the world know that the U.S. is clearly guilty of war crimes. And at the same time, Edward Snowden has revealed that the National Security Agency is nearing completion of a full surveillance state in which none of our electronic communications are safe. You take these two cases together, and you see that something very grave is going on. A dark cloud is building over America. And that dark cloud can only be stopped by the strength of the American people standing up together. That dark cloud is, of course, whistleblowing. These mother did not keep their mouths shut. Jesus Christ, these people are worse than altar boys. Can't keep a secret. Not a one. The Obama administration has prosecuted more government officials for whistleblowing than all previous administrations combined. Clearly, this is because there are more anti-American traitors to stamp out than ever before. And not because the Obama administration has, has, has gone off the rails and is abusing power and out of their minds. Of course, that sarcasm. Bradley Manning saw war crimes being committed. The full-on murder of unarmed innocent civilians, including a Reuters journalist, on video. And he felt the need to tell the world. He felt the need to let the American people decide whether we wanted to support that. And for his brave decision, he may well spend the rest of his life behind bars. Meanwhile, Lindy England, the soldier who piled Iraqis into naked pyramids and dragged them around in dog collars and other things you thought were strictly reserved for the pages of Ann Coulter's tell-all, she spent 521 days in prison. The ringleader, Charles Grainer, was sentenced to 10 years. And I assume the pilots of the helicopter that actually gunned down those civilians have served no time. So we're saying that if you commit war crimes as a soldier, you serve little or no time. But if you reveal war crimes, then you stain on this democracy of hypocrisy. You told people about the dirty we're doing? We're going to lock you in a tiny cage until you die. Scooter Libby and Carl Rove outed an active CIA agent, not a day in jail. Dick Cheney shot a dude in the face, in the, in the face, with a gun. 
And the face is like the most important part of a person. With Bradley Manning, as with Edward Snowden, people say they should have shut up and done their jobs, followed orders. You know, there were some trials a long time ago where several guys were accused of really bad shit, and they said, we were just following orders. We were being good soldiers. And the world community decided, not good enough. If you see bad or you're asked to do bad following orders is no excuse. Those trials were called the Nuremberg Trials, and a bunch of Nazis were found guilty of war crimes. So although I'm not a lawyer, it seems to me like Bradley Manning could have been prosecuted under the Nuremberg Principles if he had not brought the crimes to the world's attention. And now is when you can do something. Manning and perhaps Snowden will not only be tried in court, they will be tried every day in public opinion. We should all talk about the courage it took for Manning to stand up, talk about the bravery it took for Edward Snowden to throw away a $200,000 a year job, a house in Hawaii, and perhaps his freedom, in order to reveal the illegal U.S. surveillance state. Two hundred grand a year? Two hundred grand? I could see leaking the if you had a, a midnight shift over the fryer at McDonald's or, or a graveyard shift changing the pants on the mannequins at the big and tall store, then I understand. But 200 grand in Hawaii just to help the American people regain our freedom? God that's impressive. I once saw an old lady fall on her face on a sidewalk outside the sports bar I was in, and I didn't help because I didn't want to lose my, my seat. I had, a, I had a good angle on the, on the TV. Good angle. I will say one bad thing about whistleblowers, though. Always such negative Nancys. Have you noticed that? Never a positive word to say. So depressing, whistleblowers. Why not cheer people up for a change instead of always being so glum? You know, why not leak that, 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 that cookie dough ice cream is very delicious? Or that you saw a bunny rabbit? You know, and, and, and instead of always war crimes and fascist governments' intrusion in our lives. You ever think of that? You ever, you ever think of someone other than yourselves? We're, we're very depressed out here. Blackbirds singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You were only waiting for this moment And so now the smearing begins. John Boehner calls Edward Snowden a traitor. Senator Dianne Feinstein chimes in saying he committed treason. Fox News analyst Ralph Peters agrees and says Snowden should be executed for it. Then there's all the snooty Ivy League sniping that Snowden was a high school dropout and had to get a GED, as if everyone who ever has trouble in high school is an idiot and somehow disqualified from doing intelligent or worthwhile work. The smearing hasn't stopped with Snowden. It's all over Glenn Greenwald, too. Washington Post columnist Richard Cohen calls him vainglorious. Andrew Sullivan, while praising Greenwald with one hand, slaps him with the other, saying he has little grip on what it actually means to govern a country or run a war. Representative Peter King actually wants Greenwald prosecuted, along with Snowden. This is blaming the Messenger Times, too. 
rather than focusing on how blatant and corrosive the NSA spying is, rather than asking why we as American citizens weren't allowed to hear about this from our own elected officials, and rather than demanding changes in the Patriot Act and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act so we actually have a Fourth Amendment, too many people are aiming their ire at Snowden and at Greenwald. That's just what Big Brother wants. I'm Matt Rothschild. And that's how I see it. The song of the messenger spins off its reel. But those who should listen to all it reveals strike out at the light that's shining on our shabby souls to see what lies behind the moment would make us implode. A road of contradictions winds past all these shuttered doors. The brink of time folds its wings. We cry for more. You know, you really need to know this. In the pantheon of American politics, Edward Snowden is the little boy who said that the emperor has no clothes. Right? He has forced us to acknowledge and have a conversation about something we should have known all along. And, and you know, many of us in some ways did or suspected that ever since Congress approved the Patriot Act in the first year of the Bush-Cheney administration, our national security and intelligence apparatus has become increasingly large and dangerously invasive. We first caught wind of the brave new world of the surveillance state in 2006 when the New York Times revealed the Bush administration's NSA-operated warrantless wiretapping program. Right? Remember when Senator Obama promised an end to what he called the failed policies of my predecessor, of, of George W. Bush during his first presidential campaign. You know, many of us thought what that meant is that he was going to rein in this whole giant security machine, whatever. I mean, he did do some very, very positive. Yeah, he stopped the torture. Although it hasn't been legislatively stopped, it could be restarted if a new president were to come in and just sign a different executive order. I, you can't lay that at Obama's feet. I mean, this is, <laughs> we've got a problem with Congress right now. But, you know, he, he's done some good things. He stopped using the war on terror as a phrase. He gave a very good speech on national security the other day and has, has changed some of our policies. But by and large, this giant national security institution hasn't changed. The surveillance state has continued to grow, in fact, under the Obama administration. Congress passed and the president signed a renewed Patriot Act in 2011. And in December of 2012, reauthorized an amended version of FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, that essentially legalized Bush's illegal wiretapping operations. And now we know that the Obama administration and the NSA have used these laws to justify invasive spying programs in ways that even hardcore neocons like Jim Sensenbrenner, Republican right-winger extraordinaire and author, or a author, one of the authors of the original Patriot Act, find disturbing. Now, some politicians like Oregon Senator Ron Wyden back in 2011 have been for some time trying to warn us about this alarming and top-secret trend. Here's Ron Wyden. When the American people find out how their government has secretly interpreted the Patriot Act, they are going to be stunned, 
and they are going to be angry. And some former intelligence agency workers like whistleblower Thomas Drake have gone so far as to expose certain parts of the NSA's operations for that Drake is now in jail. But so far, all of these warnings have fallen on deaf ears, which is apparently why Edward Snowden stepped forward to show once and for all how massive and powerful and corporatized and privatized this so-called national security industry has grown under the past two administrations. Snowden was uh, interviewed this morning in the was it the South China Sea paper. It was uh, one of the Hong Kong newspapers. And he said that he was neither traitor nor hero. I'm an American. This was the quote from Snowden. I would say the guy is a hero. You know, I would I would definitely say the guy is a hero. And in fact, we need more heroes like him. And 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 it goes beyond that. I mean, here here's here's an even bigger problem. And that is that when people like Snowden work for the CIA or the NSA, there are actually at law whistleblower protections they're modest, but they're there. That would cover them. So if they're government employees and they're blowing the whistle, and they do it, you know, the quote appropriate way, there is some protection for them. Now those protections need to be radically expanded and amplified, along with the any press that might participate with a whistleblower being empowered as well. But here's the, here's the giant loophole. While there are even at law whistleblower protections for some people in some industries, the intelligence industry is specifically carved out from the whistleblower protection laws. So whistleblowers in the intelligence industry, they got nothing. This is why Snowden went to Hong Kong. I mean, he's if if he actually is a whistleblower, and I I believe he is, and he was still working for the CIA or the NSA, arguably have some protections here in the United States, but working for a private contractor, and now there's over a thousand of these giant contractors with billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in contracts to spy on us and others. Working for these private corporations, totally unaccountable. There's something fundamentally wrong about this. We need to, you know, you can't have a functional democracy. You can't have a functioning republic. Whatever you want to call this country, a constitutionally limited democratic republic, a, you know, a, a, a constitutional monarchy with the Supreme Court in charge, whatever. You can't have a nation that functions without some level of transparency. Without the ability of people who are inside the machine to speak to us outside the machine and say, hey, this part of the machine is rotten, it's corrupt, it's dangerous, it's doing things it shouldn't be doing. 
It's breaking the law. It's violating the Constitution, whatever it may be. We can't have a functioning republic if we don't have that. And so I, you know, I find myself in the odd company of Glenn Beck and Bernie Sanders in calling Edward Snowden a hero. I don't think Bernie's odd company, but I just think it's you know it's it's interesting that this that that across the spectrum there are people who are acknowledging. I mean, of course you've got you know you've got the the, the people who are going to run and you know run to a camera and, uh, or a microphone and go ah, you know death penalty torture trade treason traitor crime you know the the knee jerk nationalists I would call them. But thoughtful people on both sides of the aisle, from Rand Paul to Bernie Sanders, thoughtful commentators, even hard-right conservative commentators, like Beck, are saying, this guy's a hero, and we need to make sure, now I'm not quoting Glenn Beck here, I'm, this is me, or any, or Bernie Sanders or anybody else. This is what I have to say about it. We not only have to, to honor what Snowden has done, but we need to make it legal. You know, we need to build in these protections. He has not revealed state secrets. He hasn't told us what he knows. He has simply told us what it is, you know, how big it is which is what Ron Wyden was trying to say on the floor of the Senate two years ago. Fifteen minutes past the hour. How would you like to be able to read books and periodicals without the need for tree-killing paper, the actual ability to read, or having to pay a giant corporation for the pleasure? I sure would, but I don't think that exists. Two out of three ain't bad, though, because Audible, an Amazon company, is just such a giant corporation that can make these other wishes a reality. By signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash best, you'll receive a free audiobook of your choice, yours to keep even if you cancel within the 14-day free trial. That's audiblepodcast.com slash best to take something for nothing from a company who obviously didn't write the copy for this advertisement. Without Here at Best of the Left, we're showing our commitment to activism with a segment sponsored by the Unfuck It Up Project, created out of the viral response to comedian Katie Goodman's video, I Didn't Fuck It Up. Goodman and project director Katie Klebusik encourage involvement over apathy by highlighting people and organizations that are doing good for their communities and the world. Today's campaign, Stop Watching Us. The revelations about the depth of the NSA data collection program seem to have brought together factions from across the political spectrum. Forty-some organizations from the other 98% to Freedom Works to Progressive Libertarians Guild and public figures such as Pentagon Papers whistleblower Daniel Ellsberg have penned a letter to Congress under the title and URL, Stop Watching Us. The letter, which garnered over 100,000 signatures in its first few days, asks Congress to, quote, 
take immediate action to halt this surveillance and provide a full public accounting of the NSA's and FBI's data collection programs, unquote. You can sign their letter powered by the nonprofit Fight for the Future at optin.stopwatching.us. A link will be provided in the show notes. There will doubtless be protests and additional campaigns developing in the coming weeks. Information on Stop Watching Us, as well as any noteworthy related actions, will be posted at the Unfuck It Up and Best of the Left Facebook pages. If you hear of, or better yet, are yourself organizing an event related to the PRISM program, then please share the information with the Unfuck It Up project on Facebook. Keep fighting. Whoever they are, they fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. Could you help unfuck it up? And then say, are you really so fucking busy? You can't take one fucking minute to help unfuck it up. Because I'm willing to pick one thing to help unfuck it up. Won't you join me? Everybody on the side. Let's all unfuck it up. As most of the establishment is coming down against Edward Snowden, the leaker in the NSA case, uh, the great majority of Republicans and Democrats, of course, agree that he is very, very dangerous and that the government's always right and you should never do anything uh, that would reveal any of the government's secret information. There is actually one guy who is in the Senate who is fighting back on this issue and apparently has read the Fourth Amendment. His name is Rand Paul. Let's watch. It invades our privacy, and I'm going to be seeing if I can challenge this at the Supreme Court level. I'm going to be asking all the Internet providers and all of the phone companies, ask your, co- your customers to join me in a class action lawsuit. If we get 10 million Americans saying we don't want our phone records looked at, then maybe somebody will wake up and say things will change in Washington. Well, that would be great if that were the case. Uh, and he is right about the Fourth Amendment. It says you must get a warrant for a specific person or place to be searched or seized. Instead, they are getting a warrant for all of us at the same time, presuming we're all guilty, collecting all of the information. Now, I know that uh, Democrats will be very upset to ever agree with Rand Paul. This is not agreeing with Rand Paul in his entirety. I'm not agreeing with what he had for lunch when he was in third grade. I'm not agreeing with all of his positions, which I don't agree with. I'm only agreeing with the position I agree with. I know, it's mind-bending. But you know what? Sometimes in a democracy, we might disagree with somebody 80 or 90% of the time, and they might still be right that 10 or 20% of the time. Instead of saying, he's not on my team, he's not on my team, I hate him. You might open your mind a little bit and say, hey, maybe there's an ally that could be helpful here and someone who respects the Constitution on this issue. I know when he did his stand against the drones, he then later screwed it up by saying, oh, after the Boston bombings, we should use drones in the U.S. I get it, I know. But take your victories where you can find them. You think progressives alone are going to be able to stop the government from spying in on all of us? You haven't been paying attention. If it's just progressives, i got really bad news for you. We stand almost no chance. The Republicans don't give a damn what progressives think. And President Obama couldn't care less what progressives think. He sent Rahm Emanuel to call us fucking retarded. That's Rahm Emanuel's exact words. You think he's going to listen to liberals or Democrats or people who care about the Constitution? And by the way, Obama, on his great little speech that he gave, 
at the National Defense University, you know, our government should be more open. You know that the administration very, very, very likely already knew that this information about the NSA was going to come out because Snowden had already given the information to the Washington Post and the Washington Post had already sat on it for weeks and weeks. And they had already taken it to the government and saying, can I publish this or is there something incredibly dangerous in this that I shouldn't publish could harm someone. So the Obama administration, when they were giving their great speech on how open the government should be, already knew that there was going to be this massive leak coming out about how the government is not open. But it doesn't matter if you're on Team Democrat, you must despise Rand Paul and agree with everything Democratic, so-called Democratic President Obama says. Now, it's not just Rand Paul, it's also Ron Paul. He said, I wish I could say I was shocked at the reports the NSA is secretly spying on the private phone calls of millions of rising customers. However, this is a predictable result of a government that continues to erode our liberties while promising some glimmering hope of security. Now, I'm going to, again, flip the Democrats out there. You know who he sounds like there? Benjamin Franklin. I'm not saying he is Benjamin Franklin. I don't know if you know this, Benjamin Franklin's dead. And he's been dead a long time. Okay? I'm saying he's right on that issue. I'm not saying he's right about the newsletters he wrote decades ago. And it turns out Snowden was a Ron Paul supporter and actually even donated to Ron Paul. Didn't vote for Obama. Oh, that's it. Among the Democrats, he's guilty. He's not on our team. We hate him. He's with the Paul people. Are you crazy if you actually care about civil liberties and you don't want your government spying in on you as any progressive in their right mind should be thinking? You've got to have Republicans like the Pauls on your side, otherwise they're never going to listen to you. The only way this gets any traction is if the Republicans get mad, the Tea Party gets mad, and all of a sudden they've found a copy of the Constitution, and they go, oh, did you know what the government's been doing? Yeah, I know I, what the government's been doing, and how they shredded the Fourth Amendment, because I reported on it during the Bush administration. When you loved it, when you didn't mind it. But hey, you're late to the party, welcome. Because we need everybody at this party in order to fight back effectively. If we don't fight back effectively, they're going to spy on you now, they're going to continue to do the program, and then it's going to get broader and broader, and PRISM, which largely applies to the uh, non-U.S. areas. By the way, if you're a U.S. person and you're on vacation anywhere outside the country, oh, we got your emails and your correspondence and all that as well. And by the way, oops, we collected $3 billion of that every single month in the U.S., according to March alone, that data... And then why stop at $3 billion? Hey, you know, they let us get away with this. Why not just get all your emails and your web searches on a regular basis? Why not target with people we don't like? Hey, look, we found a crime. We found a crime. It turns out you were smoking pot. Are you or are you not guilty? And if, you got, if you're not guilty, there's nothing to worry about, right? And then when we come and say, hey, why didn't you fight with us? Well, I didn't like what Ron Paul said 20 years ago, and I thought Rand Paul was you know, on the wrong team, and so I just kind of let Obama take those rights away from us. Yeah, brilliant move. That's not what any liberal or any progressive, if they actually had a shred of principle, would ever do. They would join forces and they would fight back by any means necessary, not violent, by any political means necessary, to make sure we protected the Fourth Amendment.
Hey, this is Jack from New York. I was just calling in response to the clip that you played off the David Packman show on this last episode about the lady who got arrested for swearing at a anti-abortion rally. There was an anti-abortion display with graphic medical images and all sorts of stuff. You know the type of thing, Lewis. You, we, we know the type of people that put this together. Oh, yeah. And she didn't like it. And she was swearing. She wasn't very agitated. She was just there swearing. Police officers told her to stop swearing. And that kind of made her more irritated. And she ended up getting arrested. And she really wasn't being disorderly. She was just saying, why is my swearing a big deal? There's really graphic images right here. That's offensive. And I was just wondering what was so offensive about to her about the images and what your perspective is on why posting pictures of something that actually happened is so offensive. I think that's kind of the point of the, the anti-abortion people, uh, that it is an offensive thing and that's what they're trying to get out there. So uh, just would love to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. Bye. Kia ora, Joe. This is Simon from New Zealand. I'm listening to part two of Who's Behind Your Food with numerous people declaring that food manufacturers have nothing to fear if they're doing nothing wrong when activists sneak into, onto their property to record what's happening in their factories and farms. I'm listening to this at the same time as I hear in dismay about government spying on citizens. No doubt a future best of the left will cover this and we'll hear conservatives being derided for declaring that citizens have nothing to fear if they're doing nothing wrong when the spooks sneak into their digital accounts to record what's happening in their personal online spaces. But you can see the ethical dilemma highlighted by this juxtaposition. Either it's wrong to go clandestine trawling for private data without probable cause, in which case those food progressives can't complain too much about ag-gag laws, or B, it's okay to go clandestine trawling for private data without probable cause, in which case progressives can't complain about the NSA. You can flip this ethical choice around for conservatives, and I'm sure you can see the problem discuss. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to the volunteers who helped gather clips to make the show possible, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you'd like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 202-999-3991. So, got a couple of interesting, thought-provoking questions today, so I'm just going to respond to both, because why not? Uh, so, first of all, why were the images of, of aborted fetuses at pro-life rally considered offensive? And, I, you know, honestly, I think that Offensive is not the right word to use in this discussion because it's that's more of a subjective word rather than objective. Uh, what I can do, though, is sort of explain what's wrong with those images. And the, the, the single biggest reason I can come up with for what's wrong with them is that they, uh, they treat women. I mean, obviously, those images are targeted at women uh, because women are the ones who have the choice to have abortions or not. So, so those images are targeted at women, and they, uh, you know, they they basically argue sort of in this paternalistic way that women don't know what they're doing. They're they're you know as the caller pointed out, they're showing the reality 
of what happens. Uh, some could argue, and de- depending on the pictures being used, uh, a lot of times those pictures are from very, very late term abortions. So the you know it looks a little different than the reality of legal you know in the first two trimesters uh, pre viability abortions. But that's neither here nor there. So uh, you know, but but these images basically say. If you knew what you were doing, then you wouldn't make this decision. Let us show you this incredibly graphic material because we think you don't know this already. And you know, so it, it basically treats women in this sort of condescending way, uh, you know, as as if they're not taking a decision like that seriously enough. Uh, that you know that they need to have that sort of graphic information shoved down their throat. It's, it's kind of along the same lines as, as legislation that says, you know, before you can get an abortion, you have to have a sonogram. The thinking being that, well, if a woman sees the heartbeat, well, then she'd have an emotional connection and then she would be able to make the right decision and so on. You can say like, yeah, you know, there, you know, the heartbeat is there. That's true. That's a reality. But, Showing it and, and, and legislating that women have to see it is offensive because it treats women like they can't think for themselves. And so these images do sort of a similar thing. I mean, minus the legislation, but that that certainly goes a long way, at least. And, and believe me, I'm not a, an abortion specialist by any stretch of the imagination, so I'm sure I'm missing a whole lot of angles on this. Uh, maybe others will call in and, and, and fill me in. But uh, but that's at least one example of what is wrong with those images, and because those images are, are directed at women and sort of treat them in this you know paternalistic way, sort of looking down on their ability to think for themselves, that's what I think people would find offensive about it. So that's the, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, secondly, the difference between ag gag laws and government spying. Um, so you know, first uh, first of all, there's a big difference between an individual whistleblower going into a private corporation and the U.S. government national security agency apparatus. Uh, you know, which, which makes this an inherently unequal comparison. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, this is one of those things that, like, I sort of instinctually knew what was. You know, wrong uh, about about this comparison, but it took me a while to to s- sort of suss out. Uh, but this is what I came up with. So, first of all, I actually figured out. I think that the premise is wrong. Uh, the premise of the caller was based a lot on uh, the idea of people saying, "Well, if you don't have anything to hide, then you have nothing to worry about." And and my personal perspective on that is that no one should use that phrase ever. It's, it's completely faulty reasoning, no matter who's saying it, no matter what circumstance you're saying it. You know, whistleblower advocates shouldn't use it as their premise to defend, you know, uh, you know, agricultural whistleblowers any more than spying advocates should use it to defend spying. But the key in this discussion is that actually neither of those groups use it as the foundation of their argument, luckily. Uh, you know, it's basically just ornamentation and really isn't worthy of being part of the discussion. So, you know, in, in this situation, pro-spying advocates, on uh, they say, like, we need to spy to keep us safe from terrorists. And whistleblower advocates say, we need to defend whistleblower rights to protect people from organizations, including corporations and governments. 
then they, you know both groups go on to say, well, and if you don't have anything to hide, then you don't have anything to worry about. But that's not the foundation of their argument. So the logical consistency for progressives between the two issues is that we want to defend the powerless against the powerful. We want for those who expose wrongdoing to be protected and not prosecuted. So ag-gag laws and the NSA spying both represent collusion between government and corporations, which are the powerful entities, working against the rights and, and you know the and the well-beings of individuals and the general public who have very little relative power as individuals. Now, people are capable of rallying together and exercising their collective power, but in order to do that, we need to know what we're rallying against. And so, again, in both cases, the ag-ag laws and the secrecy of the NSA program, the aim is to keep secret from the public that which might cause uh, you know embarrassment to the the organizations. And, and actually cause the people to rally together and flex their power. But as long as the people are kept in the dark, they're defenseless to fight back. So the caller, you know, they make an impressive sounding comparison, but I think it ultimately breaks down into, you know, some sort of a logical fallacy because, first of all, I think there's a faulty premise based on you know, the arguments being used but also that it completely ignores the power imbalance between an individual with little power working to expose wrongdoing in a corporation and the government, which has nearly limitless power, working to gather information on all of the relatively powerless individuals in the general public. So those are my thoughts on that. But if you have anything to add, please call them in 202-999-3991. That is going to be it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to those who support the show directly by becoming a member or making one-time donations. That is absolutely how the program survives. Of course, everyone can support the show just by telling everyone you know about it and by spreading the word of individual clips you particularly like through your social networks. Stay tuned into the show between episodes by joining with us on Facebook and Twitter. And for details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you every third day. Thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Bought a picture that wasn't right Pitch burn